I still hear the music, and I don't know why. <laughs> I don't hear any music, so uh, I guess we should start. <laughs> um, oh, something's wrong, Michael. Oh. <laughs> I'll explain that blooper okay. another time. Sounds good. Welcome. My name is Michael McDonnell. I am the cybersecurity librarian, my co-host, Moro Arakaki. Tonight, we're talking about professional networking. In one of our previous live streams, we talked about networking, but online, primarily using LinkedIn. Tonight, we're broadening that topic and we're talking about how you can grow your personal network and why you should do that and how. And we have two really interesting guests to interview, both of whom um, I think make great networking role models but both of them with very different personalities, different approaches. And I'm excited to um, talk to each of them about uh, how they use networking, how they network, uh, and what they do with it. Um, so Moro, um, tell us this. Okay. Um, you describe yourself as an extrovert these days. I describe myself as an introvert. Um, but you know what? I think we both network in really similar ways. Uh, I agree. I agree. Uh, now, my networking is somewhat of a consequence of my my job. So I'm a sales engineer. So I'm I'm really required to really reach out and talk to talk to various people throughout my day. So, you know, in that course of it, you, you identify with certain people, you know, you have certain, I guess, interests that are in common and, and you and you build a bond, really. I mean, and that's what networking is, in my opinion, is trying to build that bond. Right. Uh, and sometimes it's it's I think, you know, you, you can consider it from a professional realm, but sometimes it also extends into the personal. So I personally feel that, you know, uh, I, I subscribe to actually a philosophy of the double win. Now that's actually a book by a, a gentleman named Dennis uh, Whiteley. Uh, but uh, yeah, in, in it, he kind of describes the fact that yes, you can get, you know, you, you should strive for, you know, trying to, trying to give as much as you take. So, and I think that uh, many of us, we, you know, oftentimes, especially when we're job hunting, don't realize that, you know, we have the ability to also be, I'm going to say a little bit more genuine, a little bit more vulnerable and, you know, help those around us, even though we may be, um, yes, that's the book, Dennis Waitley. So he's got a bunch of actually really good books, but uh, anyways. Um, yeah. So I thought this is, this was a good topic, uh, especially in this day and age where I think we sometimes focus a little bit too much on relying on social media in order to build our network. 
but the reality is you know that that's a very new concept i mean i would say probably within the last 10 years it's seen the most traction uh although you know linkedin's been around for you know even longer than that but uh i think some of those techniques that you know it used to exist before social media are still pretty important and still very relevant today so that's why i'm excited to have you know our guests today to hopefully uh give some insight uh hopefully maybe uh you know kick a kick a few uh people's butts into gear and uh, get them you know on that whole idea that you know building a relationship you know those those chances and opportunities that come around to connect with other people and you know increase your 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 network and your reach are uh, are very important so so I had to really resist not making a PowerPoint for the introduction for this thing, um, because I have a very systematic way of looking at um, networking. Uh, myself, I'm not a natural networker, and honestly, in the you know very early in my career, um, I did everything to avoid uh, meeting other people, uh, and felt it was a very uh, it was. It felt to me like, oh, networking, that wouldn't be genuine. That would be faking it. And I, I know that um, some of our regular audience members have told me literally they feel that way as well. Um, and that makes sense. You know, um, in IT and cybersecurity, we do have a fairly high percentage of people who would call themselves introverts. And I think they will do anything <laughs> to avoid going out and having those awkward social situations where they would expand their network. Why did I want to make a PowerPoint? Because I actually want to make a few points about what it is we're talking about before we interview our people. Um, so let me just ask you a question first. Okay. Um, why do we network? Now you've already mentioned in your job role, you do it because you've got to meet people and that provides opportunities. But what are the other reasons? Well, I mean, okay, so if we're going to really look at it from like, I guess, if you want to call it an anthropological uh, standpoint in history, I mean, honestly, we as humans, I mean, yes, we are what we are now today. But when you look back, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of years ago, uh, this whole concept of community was it was pretty important. Uh, you know, you yourself could try and be the hunter plus the gatherer. Uh, but the reality is you could only get so far. And when you realize uh, you're pooling your resources, you tend to get farther uh, ahead. Uh, and it's important, right? I mean, you know, the same concept even in the animal kingdom. Uh, you look at wolves, they hunt, hunt in packs. Uh, why? Because it's super beneficial that way. And really, we're not very far off from think we should be thinking in that in that sense, even today. So, you know, when, when you're job hunting and if you think and you feel like you could do it all by yourself and maybe you can, uh, but I'll tell you this much, it becomes a lot more easier when you have that network that's going to help you. Uh, but more importantly too, right. Uh, it gives you the opportunity to help other people too. So, I mean, from my perspective, I, I enjoy helping people. Sometimes I spread myself a little too thin and, you know, maybe I don't give the proper attention to a you know, one particular person, but you know, that's the balance I try and find is that, you know, I'm, I'm willing to help. I'm willing to help uh, for short periods of time. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, I, I try and help as many people as I can. So I would say that, you know, again, going back to that whole concept of the double win, uh, you know, in order for me to win, win and succeed, I, I require my network. And likewise, hopefully my network feels the same way about me. 
So. You know what? I, I think you, that's the core thought I have as well is, um, and I think this is one of the reasons why in IT, many people uh, resist the concept is because in IT, especially if you're a generalist, you want to be self-sufficient. You want to believe you're self-sufficient. We work very hard on that. Um, but the truth is uh, none of us are. And developing a network is how we ex at least expose ourselves to the opportunity that uh, in those situations where we need to say, well, this is not something I know, know how to do, not an expert at, uh, need help with, um, need advice on that we can reach to. And then there's the other side, which you got to right at the end, which is, um, um, so this is purely soapbox opinion of mine mm -hmm. in it and cybersecurity, you either consider yourself to be a practitioner, practitioner, <laughs> or a professional. And if you're a professional, it means you have a social contract and you have to find ways to contribute to the profession. And then, well, how do you find those opportunities um, uh, to mentor, to help improve your profession, to help fulfill the mission of your profession? Uh, your network is a primary method because when you're a member of profession, there is absolutely no way to be a lone wolf. It, otherwise, you wouldn't even be a member of the profession. <laughs> no, you're, you're ab absolutely right. Absolutely correct. I would say that, you know, that's probably the case in nine out of 10 careers. Uh, you know, gone are the days where you can lock yourself in the basement, you know, uh, write a bunch of code and, uh, you know, someone magically appears and says, oh, yeah, you're, you know, you're amazing, blah, blah, blah. And you can continue doing that. Uh, people have to evolve. I mean, you know, if you really want to look at someone that was a hardcore introvert, that is now, you know, probably one of one of the most uh, recognizable faces in uh, IT in general. I'm going to say that, you know, uh, look to uh, Steve Wozniak. Wozniak is, you know, and I, I love the guy. If I ever get a chance to meet him, I would love to meet him, shake his hand, thank him for the contributions he's made to uh, the industry. But, you know, and genuinely, he's, he's a nice guy. He's a super nice guy from what everyone says. You know, he he gives back as much as he he got. So, you know, a, you know, a classic example of a guy who, you know, took the double win, just a genuine guy that, you know, uh, he was fortunate enough that, you know, he met a guy like Steve Jobs, who was, you know, a natural extrovert and helped him kind of overcome some of his barriers. So and he even says that in some of his interviews that, you know, uh, before, you know, before Apple, you, he, he couldn't really approach anyone. He had to wait for someone else to approach him in order to get his point, you know, to, to speak up and, you know, uh, kind of explain what he was doing. But, you know, I think today's live stream, that's the one thing I want to emphasize. It's like, don't, don't wait for that opportunity because sometimes that opportunity will not come. Uh, you, you literally have to put yourself out there. So, so that's a good segue. Um, so let me say a few words about what we're really talking about when we say networking. Um, if you were me 20 years ago, you would have heard people talk about networking and have some concept, but um, my own conception has changed. So when we talk about networking, um, what we're really talking about is developing a series of connections with other people. And um, 
one of the reasons why I think introverts push back against it is because as introverts, we prefer to have some strong, deep connections and we don't care how many, as long as they're good. And effective networking really actually means usually developing a series of um, what academics call weak connections. Um, a, a, a network of people that you know well enough to say hello to or phone or email and ask a question. And that's it. And you might think, well, of course, this is very natural. Or you might think, well, what? why would I care about something that trivial? But really, that's the core of networking. And the reason for that is you want to, on a professional level, be able to reach out to other people that you have a reason to be connected with when something that you can't tackle on your own comes up. So the obvious things, um, you know, like with our other live streams is job hunting, working your network is first and foremost, the best way to find out what's out there and get yourself noticed. But there's other reasons too beyond job hunting. If you want to engage in professional development and develop new skills, um, you could read a book, but quite often getting the guidance of someone who's done it is there and having a network is where you can go and ask people. And that could be as simple today as posting in social networks that you're part of LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Um, or it could also be in the physical world. So you're a member of the ISC squared or ISACA or the IEEE or any number of societies. And you go to one of those events and you know someone well enough to say hello, talk about what your current interests are. And before you know it, you're not searching for answers or opportunities. You're discovering them through some very easy social connections. Um, another purpose of networking is so that when you have a challenge before you, you can simply reach out to a bunch of people and ask them and find out if that is reachable. If you want to hire someone, you can put it out to your network. Hey, I'm looking for this and then have um, a better way to gauge whether you can trust that opinion than just having random say applications. Um, when you need a core piece of advice, you can ask someone you know if they know someone. And so quite often having your network is really a way to get closer to someone else. That's sort of six degrees of Kevin Bacon, where, and if you haven't heard of that, Google it. <laughs> literally, um, the number of hops you have to do to get between you and anyone else in the world isn't that far, but we have a natural tendency to trust the ones closer to us. Um, the illusion you made earlier to evolution. But the one that excites me the most is um, the opportunity to contribute, to teach, to mentor. Um, if you want to find a way, um, and I speak as an introvert, to give back to your community, well, that's quite hard. I would consider myself self-sufficient in learning. <laughs> I will avoid talking to people and the embarrassment of not looking like an expert, spend many, many years becoming an expert. But then I suddenly say, well, I'd like to teach these things I've learned. Where do I get access to 
those people. And uh, my network has been a primary way of finding the opportunities for me to mentor, teach, um, lecture, give back. And it actually comes full circle when I do those things, I end up learning more and developing my network. And then the activities involved, we often think of going to a conference or going somewhere and hobnobbing. It's not always like that. Those are valuable activities. Sometimes it's literally reaching out in an online conversation. It's always a form of participation. That's how you find your networks. And so um, for those who do it naturally, um, I don't need to lecture this. For those who don't, really what it is, is you need to find something to participate in, in even a passive way, and you will find your network growing. However, I don't want to say uh, a ton of more. I just want to set that as the stage because we're going to talk to two people who are absolutely expert networkers um, that um, I've seen them demonstrate the value of networking, the way they network. And I'll be honest, uh, this is this is the introduction to our guests. In some ways, they couldn't be more different. We're going to talk to uh, Burhan Syed, um, a very old friend of mine, and uh, no one would describe this man as an introvert. He is a very natural network, but man, is he a role model. Um, I have personally benefited from his own networking um, in several jobs I've gotten. Um, he introduced <laughs> me to my wife. Um, See, there you go. And, I mean, I, I, I put a lot of value in his networking. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we've got uh, Dr. TJ Zhang, who's been on the live stream before. And I think he is an introvert, but he is also equally powerful as a network and very active. And I think they're going to tell us different stories. Uh, with that, I am going to bring on uh, Burhan. And uh, uh, it is always lovely to see your face, Burhan. Um, hey, guys. Why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. I was born and raised in Alberta, spent most of my life there, did a little stint in Ontario, worked in tech um, at first, you know, with Michael many, many years ago, like in the early mid 90s as well uh, at a little ISP. And then I moved on and worked for big telecom companies in Canada, ultimately left that and moved into public sector. And from there, got a job at Facebook. Uh, so I moved down to Silicon Valley and did that for a few years before moving on to Microsoft and then Oracle. Um, I've got three children, all of whom are older and have moved out. And so I find myself in a very different stage of life where I'm really focused on myself, uh, my partner relationship, and my puppies. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, one of the roles that I do now is I'm a manager of a problem management team. Uh, but deep, deep down inside, I will always be a technical program manager. That is Perfect. my absolute favorite thing. Um, right on, right yeah. on. That, uh, that's that's great. That's great. So, Michael, uh, I'm not sure how, how you want to kick this off. Do you want me to go through the interview questions with uh, Burhan first? Or do you want me to kind of go down, go with, through them sequentially and uh, bring in TJ's? So, um, what I'd like to do is we're going to first interview Burhan. Okay. Okay. We'll yeah, spend about 15 minutes on that. Okay. Uh, start with the first really open question okay. and then just take it as a conversation from there. 
And then after about 15 minutes, we're going to bring TJ and we're going to do okay. the same interview with him. Okay. And what we're going to do throughout, uh, this is a little different for the audience. Um, uh, I'm going to queue up all your questions. So take your questions, put them down in the chat. Um, and when we're done the interviews, I'm going to put all your questions to, I'm going to bring TJ and Burhan back and we're going to get them to answer them. And if, if they don't have a great answer, I'm just going to pipe up, get on this. Answer <laughs> well, well, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So let's kick this off. So Burhan, uh, we know you're like a, an amazing networker. Uh, you know, you're a role model, obviously for, for many people. Um, I guess, you know, the, the main question is what does networking, you know, mean to you? Um, you know, and kind of like, how do you go about doing it? And what, what, what does the network do for you? Like, what does your network do for you? Sure. So I'm going to sidebar for one second and go, sure. oh my God, Mauro, I heard that you were a pre-sales engineer. <laughs> right? Is that true? I am. I am. I am. So, so was I for 13 years. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. And the reason I bring that up is because for me, networking isn't about, like we talked about the utilitarian side of it. How do we connect with people? How can we leverage those things? I really feel like I've just stumbled my way through life. I'll be really honest with you. And if it okay. wasn't for the grace of the people that I have met, mm -hmm. um, I don't know what I would be doing right now. Okay. But the people I have met, I have tried to connect with on a personal level, not for any other need than the human need to connect. So when I heard you're a pre-sales engineer, <laughs> I just lit up when, oh my God, we probably have the exact same problems. You're dealing with salespeople. You're oh, yeah. oh, oh, yeah. And Absolutely. boom. And I immediately feel like, you know, in 10 minutes, you and I would totally walk away understanding or at least having connected. Oh yeah. And that's what networking is about. It's, for me, it's beyond that utilitarian side. Uh, it is all about that human connection, the I am not alone mm -hmm. connection. And, and my whole philosophy is at the end of the day, every interaction, and I live honestly in a very interesting neighborhood in, in Washington. Um, every day when I walk my dogs, I try to connect with every human being I meet. Some of them have issues. Some of them I had... Um, it's just been a very rough uh, engagement with some people, but my goal is to connect. And if I can make any other person happier for having known me, then that's kind of the thing I'm, I'm leaving. Okay. And that's what networking is. Can I connect with somebody? And if I see them again and again, then I formed a bond. Like we won't right. be friends. Maybe we will, but I've connected with somebody on a human level. And it's such an antithesis to technology where I feel like so much of it is mechanical Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, do these pieces click? I don't know if all the pieces have to click. I think that if you can just interact and, and impact people in a, in a really beneficial way, if you bring value to them, that's when you earn trust. And when you earn trust, that's when you can, you know, you can be vulnerable. Connections start to really happen. I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, I guess with that, you know, a little bit of adding on to what you're saying, you know, uh, I find that in my, in my career as well uh the the relationships that are pretty pretty awesome for me uh usually start off as customer interactions and then you know just throughout the course of it you you find interests you find things that you relate with and yeah you, you make a human connection and you know i will tell you this much even today you know i have customers that are just my friends and i know that when i walk away from my job uh one day in the future i'll still reach out to them i'll still you know yeah. meet with them for a coffee or you know 
if they ever came to me for any kind of advice or help, I would, you know, willingly and, you know, without hesitation, uh, give it. So, uh, okay. So it does sound like, you know, I think networking has become more of a natural thing for you. Uh, you know, almost, almost like a, a, an instinct, I guess. Um, so I'm, I'm going to ask this question a little bit differently. So it's okay. not written in here, but it, I'm going to ask it. I'm ready. So, so how, how do you stay genuine in it? Like, I know what I do, uh, but, you know, like, I guess, you know, there's this, this idea of small talk and, you know, I, I abhor the idea of small talk, mm -hmm. but yeah. it is a way to kind of, you know, get the conversation started. So how do you go beyond that? I guess to, to build that connection is, is what I'm curious what you do. Yeah. Um, uh I do not take myself seriously as a human being. <laughs> and I think, and honestly, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> and I think being Canadian, we're really self-deprecating. It's built into us. Mm -hmm. And living here in the United States, that I don't feel that people are self-deprecating in, in, in the same way. And so when I meet people, I like honestly, I just try to connect with them in a way that I don't take myself seriously. I'm not... Like, I mean, I guess I am a little goofy, right? But the truth is I'm not afraid. There's there's no ego. Like at my company, we have a, a, a saying, which is own without ego. When I worked at Facebook, uh, we had one that said, stay humble, right? Mm -hmm. And it really is about that authenticity, about connecting with people. Mm -hmm. uh, I hate small talk. I really, really do. And in fact, the, the guy at my 7-Eleven, Oh, he drives me nuts because <laughs> I can't even engage with him. He refuses. He doesn't even open his mouth. And I tell you, I walk away. And the other, about, about three days ago, uh, before we went to curfew here where I live, is I looked at him and I said, you know, I'm just trying to make you smile. Like, I just finally, after seven months, was like, I'm just trying to make you smile. And then he looked up and he goes, yeah. And I said, by the end of this summer, I'm going to make you laugh. And I've set up a personal challenge in that regard because like there's something up with that guy uh, and you know if you're vulnerable if you're sharing your experiences if you're being authentic uh and that's something i learned at facebook really big for all that mark zuckerberg would talk about uh and what what your opinions on him were the company culture was really about authenticity okay. and really engaging and connecting with people and i've taken that i really got to practice that at Facebook, and then I move that on into, into my leadership position right now. Okay, okay, okay. So I'd, I'd like to offer an observation and someone who knows you and get your feedback. Um, many extroverts do engage in small talk, and it I find it tedious. And one of the things I think I found you really engaging from all the decades we've known each other is you don't. But you know what you do is you're a fire starter. You'll toss a hand grenade into a conversation. But... It often, because you take those risks, you end up uh, making a lasting connection with people. Um, I, I, you know, the number of um, not just professionals, but people that you meet on a casual basis that know you by name. And here, here's the reaction I want. Um, at the beginning, I said, you know, I think that networking is about creating those those connections where it's just enough that you can say hello to the person or send them an email or talk to them. Um, is that true? Is that what you find? Is that is if the people the people you consider part of your network is is that enough? I always try to go a little more. Like I really, really do. Uh, 
So my LinkedIn, I've only got connections from two real groups, maybe three. Um, everybody who I've connected with, I've met with. They're recruiters, right? So you always keep that because you need to you need to have that in your pocket. I've got people that I've worked with and then people that I've met where there could be a relationship to cultivate. And with the people that I have met and I have worked with, like if you go back through your LinkedIn, if you've been connecting, you know, when you started a company and you can tell when somebody's moved because you get 8,000 notifications that they've connected with four, like 40 new people. Um, if you go through that, you realize that you, you had a lot of interesting times with them. So every once in a while, I'll just randomly reach out and go, hey, you know, maybe somebody I haven't talked to in like two years. How are things? How, what's going on here? What do you think about this? And you spin up that conversation with them. And I absolutely, between that and between Facebook, I'm absolutely connecting with people on a routine basis because, at, look, like I said, I'm at a different phase of life. My children have all moved out. I'm, I'm here in Washington alone with my dogs. Um, I want people to reach out to me. And I can't expect that. I need to grow those conversations. I need to grow those relationships. I need people to feel the same safety with me that I feel with them. And when you don't have an ego, when you're not worried about being viewed as silly or what, whatever, like you don't need to be perfect in these, you know, you're trying to build a human connection with your peers and, you know, and with their friends and whatnot. And you might not be best friends with everybody, but you're definitely trying to connect as a human being. Uh, well, absolutely. I just sent, I think, 13 random postcards during uh, uh, Shelter in Place to different coworkers that I thought back to and thought, I, I think Google Photos popped up, you know, a year ago today or three years ago today. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was a heck of a team meeting. <laughs> and then I just sent them pictures of my puppies. Like, you can go and get, you know, six pictures of my puppies on one postcard. Done. And then I get random emails saying, that was so kind. I'm like, yeah, I just want to let you know I, I miss you. Yeah. Wrong with saying well, that. I was I was thinking of you and I just was hoping that you're doing you know, you're doing good, right? So yeah, I, I, I hear that. I hear that. I like that. So um I, okay, so let, let, let's kind of uh I guess try and pull this back into the topic of uh I guess yeah. helping those that aren't quite as yeah. extroverted as us. Yeah. So you know, if you could lend some advice to them, like how would they like how would they get started in networking, uh, especially it. if they're introverted. Um, and maybe you can kind of describe some tools and by tools, I'm going to, I'm going to give this example because Michael and I talked about this, um, the importance of having a business card. So a personal, even a personal business card, even though it's not a business card in the place where you're working, or maybe you don't even have a job. You just graduated from uh, university or college. Uh, but the idea I thought was, is quite, uh, quite important that, you know, your business card should have at least, you know, your LinkedIn profile, things like that. So that, you know, when you meet someone and you've made that connection or you want to make that connection, you have something to give them so that, you know, they, they can remember. Yeah. Um, so I guess it, it, with that in mind, you know, what tools and what kind yeah. of advice would you dispense to those people that are not quite as uh, extrovert or, uh, you know, networking savvy? So. Okay. So I wasn't always this way. I wasn't always outgoing and whatnot. I used to participate in debate. Uh, and heaven help me if I looked up at the audience if I was reading out a speech because my mouth would go dry, I would start to breathe funny. And I crashed and burned once when I was 14 in an auditorium. And sometimes I still wake up in the middle of the night and go, Oh my God, I cannot believe I screwed <laughs> It's horrible. And even now as an adult, that happens to me. Uh, there was one thing in my life 
that made the biggest difference. And I highly encourage, like I cannot encourage enough. I had all three of my children go through it. And it sounds so like tangential to this, but it's so integrated to, the, to networking. So when I lived in Calgary, I took improv classes at the Loose Moose. That was the moment in which my ability to cope with life changed. Because improv is all about accepting offers. It's all about knowing that there is no wrong answer. And it, it really taught me, uh, I mean, at that point I, I was divorced. I, I had sole custody of my three children. Uh, how was I gonna do that as a single dad? How was I gonna connect and find other single dads? Uh, and so just what I got out of the Loose Moose Theater was the ability to pivot and the ability to do that. And then I found slowly that at work, I was able to take any idea, any uh, anything that came up to me, any situation and roll with it. Uh, you know, life is filled with offers. And I gotta tell you, like, it's so hard. I have one introverted friend here in Washington state who so needs to go, but is so afraid. And I'm like, look, when you go to the classes, it's 12 people. And they don't make you get up. And over time, you will get up. But look, everybody's walking around clucking like a chicken. Like, we're all equally silly here. But then after a while, it's like jumping off that diving board, right? I took kayaking lessons. Like I'm, I'm a kayaker now because I'm very buoyant, as you can tell. Uh, and so one of the things that you have to do when you do, when you do sea kayaking is you have to flip your kayak over, get out of it, self-rescue. Otherwise, an orca is going to swim, swim by and eat you. It's <laughs> uh, and every time, it's been a year and a half, even last week, you know, when I started kayaking again for the season, it is the scariest damn thing. And you take that deep breath and you're ready to flip over and you got your hand on the skirt to pull it off. It's the same feeling all the time. And But what doesn't change is your ability to go, I've got it. And so if I had to tell you one tool, it would be the improv because that is teamwork, that is trust, it is communication, it is public speaking, it is coming up with weird ideas, it's learning how to start conversations. Like Michael had said, and cut me off if I'm like rambling here. Uh, like Michael had said, like, okay, as a, a technical program manager, sometimes you're sitting in a room with a bunch of engineers and the engineers are not agreeing and they shut down. They are not talking to each other. Um, I'm making up something. We have a network redundancy issue. Yeah, well, we need to do this. We need to do that. Know this, know that. And you've got a stalemate. As a program manager, my job is to solve the problem. And that means sometimes we have to say very stupid things just to get the conversation going. So would it work better if we got a cable modem? Now you got two engineers attacking you because you're talking about replacing with 10 gig fiber with a cable modem, 100 gig link. <laughs> but now you're talking and you have unified them, reinforcing the fact that they think you're not intelligent, but the goal was to get the thing done. And then over time, you're building up that, that relationship with them. They learn your style. And that only happens if you're not afraid to take risks, if you're not afraid to look silly. Um, and you know, that's our job. Our job is to get stuff done. And so as a program manager, yeah, I definitely found that my transformative life changing moment was taking those classes at the Loose Moose. Okay. So I've plugged Kinkanauts because um, 
my wife, that's where she goes. <laughs> um, plus, on some Fridays, if you get bored with our live stream, they do one and they're a lot funnier. Um, Loose Moose and the Kinkanots in Calgary is where you can go for really great improv training. And um, Burhan's 100% right. Um, they go through a series of exercises. Anyone can do it, yeah. introvert, extrovert, or anywhere in between. And um, you come out of there being able to handle social situations, treating it like a negotiation, and being able to be open and prompt new conversations. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Um, I think now is the right time to transition to our second guest tonight. Well, actually, uh, Michael, I'm going to ask on. I'm going to ask more? one question. One question. Okay. One more question. Do it. Do and, it. Uh, so, so Burhan, uh, I guess you know uh, since since we're all new at starting you know networking um, yeah. in the series, what's one thing we should really avoid? Uh, you know, when we're when we're going out there trying to you know make those connections, uh, especially you know for introverts, something that you know they should mm, be cautious about. I think inauthenticity or self-serving statements, like it's so easy to come off as that sleaze bag, the mm -hmm. one who's only there to get a job or to get out a resume. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, deep down inside, if you're looking for work, yes, you need to network. But if you come off desperate, then that's, that's shark repellent. And it turns people off and you won't, first impressions say everything, absolutely everything. So really just be yourself make a conversation if you're a, a fantasy gamer or dungeons and dragons guy talk about that wizard spell and they might look at you weird but you know what you're authentic and they'll go okay he's a little weird but if you walk up and go hi i heard you work at blah and you hand them a card that's uh, that's even worse just we live in a wonderful new world where everyone loves a geek that's exactly exactly well, if anything, I think, you know, uh, weirdness is like a, a, a subculture and genre in that um, actually my favorite, my right now, my favorite comedian is Aubrey Plaza. And if you ever watch any of her clips yeah. on YouTube, she's just like so far out there bizarre. It is hilarious. And she makes awkward statements, right? Like she'll say awkward things like at award ceremonies. Yes. She'll, she'll, she'll give praise to like the devil for uh, allowing her to win, win the award. <laughs> and it, it is just so off kelter and everyone starts cracking up and I'm like, you know what? That is cool. Cause you know, some of it I'm sure is authentic because she said she is that type of weird person, but I think that's why people enjoy her, her brand of humor. Yeah. Right. So I, th I think you're absolutely right. You know, you put yourself out there, you, you know, not everyone's going to like it or lo love it, but you know what, for the people that do, you're going to build that really deep relationship. And, you know, even the people that might not uh, identify with that still would say, you know what, at least he told me the truth. At least it wasn't small talk. It wasn't just, you know, something that was just completely BS. Right. So. Yeah, Maura, I'll tell you this, like one of the markers of like where I know that I'm succeeding and I don't have an agenda. Like the truth is like nobody sounds so sad. Nobody really needs me, right? Like oh, that, no. we all hey, need you. We need like, do I need a Burhan? Maybe, maybe, probably not. Uh, at, but what I know as a marker of connection is that when things started to go bad here during the election, the 2016 election, mm. I had so many people reach out to me saying, if stuff goes wrong, you could move in. Even Michael and even Michael's mother after 9-11 had <laughs> offered my family refuge if things had gotten bad. And when you have coworkers, I had somebody from the CBE reach out to me and I haven't worked at the, at the school board since 2008, 11, 
uh, 12 years later saying, hey, if you need a place to hide, come back home. I've got a basement. Like you can live in my basement suite with your kids and your dog. That is, oh my God, you can't buy that stuff. You can't manufacture that stuff. That no. That is something that comes right. from an authentic connection with people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love my mom, but I'm so glad you didn't have to live with her. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyways, well, th thanks, Berhan, for uh, you know being so open and uh, giving some gr really great advice. So, uh, all, all right, uh, we're going to bring you back in 15 minutes for uh, audience questions. And uh, here is TJ. TJ, glad to have you back again. Thanks for the invite again. I guess I didn't screw up last time. <laughs> no, you did, dude. You absolutely didn't. Uh, if anything, you know that that was probably one of our better uh, live streams. And uh, yeah, no, it, it was great to have you on, and it's it's great to always have you back, my my friend. Um, uh, so TJ, introduce yourself a little bit, and then we'll get into the questions. Sure. So, uh, so I have been working in cybersecurity industry for. Uh, maybe just over 13 years, starting with a developer and then doing some research and then uh, did consulting for a few years. Now I'm working as an architect. So most of the time spending in Calgary, and that's where I met Murrow and Michael in different occasions. Yeah, no, uh, that, that, and you know what? That dives right back into our topic. You know, honestly, uh, I didn't meet TJ on LinkedIn. I literally met him at a... I can't remember if it was an I, ISC squared uh, event or an ISACA event, but uh, I remember him actually coming up to me in the booth and it's like, oh, you're you're the new SE for blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, it's like, well, I'm TJ. Nice to meet you. It's like, oh, OK, well, yeah, it's like he gave me his business card uh, and it wasn't actually it wasn't even for the company you were working with. It was actually your personal business card with your LinkedIn. And you were probably the third person in my entire life that actually gave me something like that, that I noticed, I'm like, oh, personal business card, that, that's, that's kind of neat. Uh, and actually, coincidentally, Michael was the, uh, the second person that in my entire life that also did the same thing. So um, with that yeah. in mind, oh, go ahead. I, I actually just want to say one thing about that because um, it's true. Uh, the first time I met um, uh, TJ was at a local spy meeting, professional association. In cybersecurity, um, it's one of those awkward things where you're all sitting with strangers, you don't know anybody, and TJ was very friendly, and he had a card, and I had a card. When I moved to Calgary, I knew that I knew no one here anymore. Um, literally, I moved to Calgary when Burhan was moving away from Calgary, and he was the only person I knew. <laughs> and so one of the first things I did is I thought, and this, I'll, this is literally what I was thinking in my head, you know what? I'm going to be fancy like those people in Victorian times and I'm going to have a calling card and it's going to have my name on it. So that if I meet someone interesting, there's no way they're going to forget how to contact me. And so I just went and had cards printed up ever since then. Even if I have a business card, I have a name card. And like right now, literally, I have this thing that looks like a bookmark because, you know, I'm a librarian, right? And it, if I meet someone cool there's no chance they won't do that. And you can get cards printed for free from Vistaprint. You can pen, pay 20 bucks and get something cool. It's a really, really, um, it can often be the difference between someone remembering you and not. Anyways, yeah, that's no, my I'm... interruption. Go ahead, Moro. <laughs> okay, TJ. So for, for you, TJ, uh, we, we know you're a super networker. Um, 
I guess, you know, what, what does it mean for you to keep expanding your network? I know that you, you, you leverage uh, social media quite heavily, but uh, like I said before, I had met you uh, outside of social media. So I know you kind of use a lot of different tools. So I guess, what does it mean for you to do networking and, you know, what does the network do for you? Uh, to me, actually, uh, networking is a method to actually know people and learn from others and really to understand what other people's interests are. And uh, there may be some uh, common interests to uh, share with each other and to learn some things uh, from, from each other. So that's the, the ultimate goal for me. So which means you have to be really authentic about yourself to when talking to people. Oh. And more, I remember when I first met you, I found, oh, in the security community, uh, there are not so many East Asian guys here. So oh, oh, that's, yeah. uh, you know, we had weird <laughs> yeah, right yeah, here. So, yeah. yeah and no, I'm surprised. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Uh, you know, you, you had approached me and I was just like, oh, okay. Guy introduced me. It's like, you know, I didn't have to go and introduce him. He introduced himself to me. So it, it, it was pretty cool. Um, okay. So. Uh, I know that Michael had mentioned that um, you're probably a little bit, you know, less of an extrovert than uh, Burhan is. So I guess for you, uh, you know, like what did what did you have to do to kind of, you know, break out of your shell? Like what was that defining moment for you to kind of say, you know what, this is important. I got to do this. You know, maybe it makes me uncomfortable because I was an introvert or maybe you weren't an introvert and, you know, we're completely off off the mark. Uh, but what was kind of that thing that just kind of, you know, clicked in your head and said, okay, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to start making connections. Uh, you know, I have to do this because, yeah, like you said, you know, I want to learn. I want to, you know, also, you know, pass along my knowledge, uh, you know, be involved, right, in, in, like in a community. Yeah, so uh, that's for me as an introvert, that's actually an uh, educated process. <laughs> uh, so I, after I got invited, I actually dig deeper to my old email. I found is on March 21st, 2011, which is more than nine years ago. Okay. I was uh, attending a workshop organized by MITACS, M-I-T-A-C-S, which is an organization uh, kind of founded by uh, collectively pretty much all the universities in Canada. And then the title of the workshop is called The Art, Science, and Practice of Positive Networking. So that's actually my earlier exposure to uh, networking because before that, I'm just as very similar as many graduate students in, in, anywhere in the world that just stick to where uh, my research is and doesn't really kind of um, think of networking. And this workshop actually was uh, facilitated by two ladies, uh, Julie Thompson and Gail uh, Hagrin-Rizek. And they also wrote a book called uh, Work the Pound, Use the Power of Positive Networking to Leap Forward in Work and Life. So um, I actually read a book after that is using a uh, you know, story of a frog, uh, how to build the network in the pond. So uh, it's a very interesting book. And then the workshop uh, gave me a lot of uh, knowledge as well as uh, practices. And actually it's pretty much uh, the same as what Berhan has already mentioned earlier, is really bring your authentic self to really uh, not don't don't consider networking as a way to really for job hunting or for specific purpose, but uh, as an authentic way to know people and to 
uh, listen to each other and then build some common interest. So that's uh, kind of uh, the process I was uh, going through. And then uh, to, as an introvert, it's actually not that easy to push uh, you out of uh, the lab or office, really to get into different um, spaces, meet uh, people you never met before. So when I started, I still remember that my natural tendency is to, let's say if I met you tomorrow, I would just spend next one hour with you, never left uh, the space in front of you. <laughs> but uh, apparently it's not a good way for actual networking and that's not the way to really uh, showing up to different events. So uh, you need some time and effort to push yourself out from that comfort zone and that uh, behavior that you feel uh, kind of you're very comfortable at. So uh, eventually I kind of started to try to uh, make know of uh, people I haven't met before and then start conversation with people I don't uh, really know what's going to happen next. But eventually uh, it's a process to kind of um, expand the networks through uh, just showing up and think uh, about not uh, falling back to your old uh, in kind of say introvert way to uh, de dealing with uh, different situations. Okay, it's hard, cool. but you have to practice. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, so I guess with that in mind, then it sounds like it kind of comes nat. Well, I'm not going to say naturally, but you know, automatically now, right for you. So when you sit down and there's someone that you don't know, you'll introduce yourself and just, you know, it's like find out, you know, tiny bits of details from them. But, you know, I, now would you say that, you know, um, uh, or maybe I should just reframe that. So, you know, putting yourselves in the shoes of a new graduate uh, and knowing that, you know, yes, uh, you know, for yourself, uh, you know, when you first were starting to get into the into the industry, uh, what, what piece of advice would you give them uh, in terms of like, what, what can they do to kind of, you know, break out of that shell and, you know, start, you know, doing the practicing things? Like, what do you feel would be kind of beneficial as, as advice uh, for them? Yeah, I think uh, universities nowadays realize that uh, networking skills is a very key component of uh, soft skills or leadership skills, uh, other than the kind of technical skill, uh, which was supposed to learn, but uh, that's not all to be uh, successful in your career. And like the workshop I mentioned was actually organized uh, by MyTex, which is uh, in turn supported by all the university, in my case, the University of Calgary. And uh, I think uh, if you're a student in any uh, post-secondary institution, there are probably a lot of opportunities, uh, probably free too, for you to attend to um, uh, kind of learn these soft skills as well as uh, kind of practice or networking skills in a safe setting. Uh, University of Calgary at that time hosted a lot of other events just for uh, graduating students or uh, kind of a student, uh, uh, you know, early graduate too. So uh, after uh, in in the early career, I think you may also need to pay attention to uh, what's going on in the local community. Uh, Michael mentioned that he and I met in Spy Security Professional Information Exchange Society which is a local uh, society in Calgary uh, where there's a monthly uh, lunch and learns uh, up until uh, 
February this year because since March it turns right. into right. online. And uh, there's also uh, IAC Square Alberta chapter, and they also host some different kind of events. And uh, and and Asaka, which also has um, kind of different kind of chapter events. And those are in the in, in the cybersecurity industry sector. Uh, but actually, what I would suggest is also show up in uh, the events not hosted by the cybersecurity professionals, because mm -hmm. those are kind of the opportunities for you to really network with people in other sectors where you actually may open your mind and learn something very interesting that seems like uh, maybe not useful right now, but it actually helps your brain to kind of grow in a way that you wouldn't expect. So. Um, for example, uh, there, uh, you know, there's a website called Meetup. Uh, they actually host. Uh, you, you can search a lot of different interest groups, and uh, I sometimes attend some event that has no uh, relation with cybersecurity at all, just to kind of uh, learn something different. And uh, in Calgary, there's also other organizations organizing other kind of like may not be a kind of lecture style or seminar style. There could be a community walk. It could be a kind of a gallery events. It's also a good opportunity for you to uh, show up and then uh, just expose yourself to uh, all different kind of settings. Uh, you never know where you can uh, learn something interesting. Okay. Okay. So I know. Um, I know we, we we kind of talked about the tools as the business card. So I, I will go back to that just because uh, I'm I'm kind of curious what you put in your business card. Uh, but uh, aside from business cards, is there any other tool? Like I know we mentioned uh, going to some of these events, maybe going to meetup.com and finding a, a specific talk. But is there anything else that uh, you might use to kind of help you as you, you know, as you grow your network or uh, maybe, you know, trying to reach some something or somebody in the community that might be able to kind of help you or guide you or mentor you? Is there, is there anything that you would use or recommend? Uh, I think Google is probably the best friend. Uh, <laughs> like, it's never a bad idea to do more research, and because most of the kind of lunch and learn or uh, lecture-based events or kind of conferences, you can get hold of uh, the list of speakers way be before the event starts. So I would normally uh, kind of read their bio and then do some research about what they have uh, kind of spoken or what have been published before. So uh, when attending an event, uh, I normally try to uh, speak to the speaker after they speak and to build that kind of personal connection. And, and that's uh, kind of for the conferences. And then for even after those events, uh, you can also kind of dig deeper. For example, if one point of the speaker really uh, make me feel uh, like thinking for a few days about uh, how I would uh, Kind of continue that kind of uh, that topic, so I will actually reach out to the speaker again to maybe schedule another call just to discuss it. So basically, is put uh, yourself into that uh, environment to really uh, try to learn from uh, different people and any in any way possible. Okay. Okay. Cool. Like the advice, uh, you know, it's actually something I I do as well. Uh, I I do look at the profiles. I'll even you know put myself in an anonymous mode and kind of creep on LinkedIn just in case they have a, a premium account just so they don't know who I am. But um, okay, so uh, with that in mind, uh, I'm going back to the business card thing. So is there anything on the business card specifically 
that you would say, okay, yeah, you, you know, whatever, John, you just graduated from university, you should get your business cards made. Is there anything specific they should focus on? Because um, I, I know from both you and Michael, there's certain things that you guys did. And I'm not sure if those still play and are relevant today, but uh, maybe some advice from, from you on what, how you build your business card. Yeah, I think uh, if you're a new graduate, it's better to really highlight what your background is and uh, in a kind of a short and succinct way. And because business card is not a resume, it's a place that for people to keep the contact information of you. So I will apparently put a you know a phone number, email, LinkedIn there, and then maybe also highlight a few keywords. Don't put it too long. Okay. And if it's like in cybersecurity field, I put a you know a just cybersecurity there. And then if there's some subfield you are interested in, such as pen testing, you can put that there. Okay. Don't too much, too, too many too many words. Uh, but some, Michael, some some highlight words, right? Exactly, so that they remember you. Okay, yeah. so how about this though? Do you put your picture on the card? Uh, I think uh, I actually from why why like maybe ten years ago now I, when I was <laughs> using my personal bit. card, I actually put my picture there, and now I feel like it was a mistake. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. because okay. Uh, uh, people have different perceptions on that question, so it's not no right answer. But uh, if I can start again, I probably not put my picture on it. Ah, uh, okay, okay, yeah, because. Uh, I will say this much. I know both of you had pictures on your cards. And you know what? I think even to this day, I have both your business cards and I don't throw them away because of it. Because it's just like, oh, yeah, I remember that card. And then it's like, you know, maybe if I bump into you in like 15 years, I'll be like, hey, look at this. I ha I still have your business card. Remember how young you used to look? <laughs> just to tease you guys a little bit, right? But, so uh, I, I don't I don't regret putting my picture on my card. Um, it's a way to be memorable. Um, but I totally agree with TJ that on that card, you do want to be very concise. So my original contact card basically had an email address, a social media contact, I think my phone number, and then maybe three or four words just that I wanted of things I wanted people to remember me for. So, you know, security, IT, whatever. Um, another, another piece of advice I received years ago that I has really worked out well is someone always told me, always leave the backside blank and make sure it's matte finish, not gloss. Now this sounds weird because what you wanna do is when you give out your card, you wanna be able to write something on the back and you you really wanna write something to so they'll remember why you had the conversation. So if you talk to them about web design, say, call me about web design. If you talked about uh, muscle cars and it's like, hey, I, talk, I love talking to you about your muscle card, I wanna see your Mustang. Um, or whatever it happens to be. Just put that memorable thing because the chances of that person remembering you or contacting you again goes up with that personal touch. Um, that said, every single time I've had cards made up, even when I request the back to be matte, it always comes up gloss and it never worked. <laughs> uh, that that said, Moro, I would like to transition to the audience okay. question side. So okay. if you've got more questions, go for it. Otherwise, uh, we will... Um, I've got one question up on the screen. Oh, so do, do we want to bring up? Or yeah, back? yeah okay. here we go. For we go. Back to this. Uh, so David asks us, and I think this is a great transition because um, TJ touched on this. Is it worth joining professional organizations, um, paying the annual fees? Uh, and if so, can you recommend 
a professional association. Um, Burhan, you want to go first? Yeah. So what I immediately thought of is as a technical program manager, I've got my PMP, so I'm a member of the PMI. And uh, I've never gone to an event, and I, uh, I don't see the value in that for me, though there is value for other people. The one that I found a lot of value in, ironically, is NANOG, North American Network Operator Group. And we can abstract that. We can just say any professional network that you go to where you meet regularly and there's a bunch of people that are very passionate about your domain is the place where you want to go. Especially what I love about Nanong is they do hackathons. And so you show up and then your entire table becomes a hackathon or teams compete and they're so social. Um, and you just find other people that are working on the same thing as you are and then you can authentically connect with them. So I think, yes, you need to find the one that's right for you. I know that the PMI, not so much for me, but Nanog, absolutely. Right on. So TJ, what do you, what, what do you think? Uh, is it worthwhile uh, paying for, uh, you know, uh, joining organizations? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I mentioned a few earlier, uh, including yeah. SPY, IC Square, uh, ISACA, and there's also ACES, uh, American Society for Industrial Security. And those are related to a security area. And then uh, I, I used to be a mem member of another organization called JCI, Junior Chamber International. I think that also uh, kind of is a good practice for me to kind of uh, do, uh, like learn and work in an environment uh, to organize uh, events that is relevant to uh, technology. And uh, yeah, if you can, because uh, some of them uh, do have certain fees and it depends on your uh, personal situation. And then I would recommend to join something that really make you feel interested and you can contribute. Not only joining it to uh, learn, but also joining it maybe to uh, do some leadership work such as uh, organizing events and join the board to really uh, work on uh, you know, the whole organization or association. So in that way, uh, you will grow a lot from this process. Okay. Okay, yeah, so, uh, and I'm gonna add to this. So um, I, I think it's it's not a bad thing, uh, but you know, it's, it's not a showstopper either. Uh, you know, if you're a student on a budget and you just can't afford those yearly fees, I mean, there's a lot of free stuff out there. And you know, <laughs> one I'm gonna plug is uh, Toastmaster Society. Uh, I personally never enrolled in it myself, uh, mainly because uh, I'm I'm one of those guys. Uh, I have like like a, an iron gut in terms of <clears throat> if I if I'm afraid of something and it's like I'll just go and do it anyways, just to kind of get over that <laughs> that fear. But for the for a lot of people that are introverts that might have that issue, they might want to consider finding someone that's a part of a Toastmasters club. Uh, and you know, honestly, it, it is awesome. If you have public speaking skills under your belt and you you are a good public speaker, trust me, uh, job a job finding a job is not going to be a problem for you in the future. Uh, if you are looking to become, you know, eventually a, a president or a leader inside of the organization you're you're working in, I think this is essential uh, because it it really doesn't just teach you about how to speak in public. It teaches you how to, you know, formulate your words, how to be concise, how to, you know, argue, argue things uh, so that, you know, pe people understand what you're saying. So I, I, I honestly cannot, you know, speak 
enough about this. And there's Toastmasters clubs all throughout the world. And hey, it's, yes. If I can interrupt and say one thing. Sure. Absolutely. Is in addition to Toastmasters, in addition to the groups that we've all talked about, I don't think that all networking needs to be done through professional. I know the question was about professional mm -hmm. organizations. Right, right. Like, this is a really weird thing I've discovered. A lot of, in my field, networking, uh, a lot of networking people are really into ham radio. <laughs> join a ham radio club. Join a rescue group. Like, there's a group here in Seattle that is, like, the ad hoc, oh, my God, there's been an earthquake in Mount Rainier has exploded, a group, and they do tests, and they do uh, – is are you really passionate about model airplanes and flying them right get out there because yeah. chances are there are people in your industry and if not your industry they might be married to somebody in your industry they might know somebody but just try to connect with people so i think clubs in general mm -hmm. are really great things to go for absolutely i i agree and i'm going to i'm going to do one last thing before we uh, move off this question i'm going to plug my friend kyle kyle hausen he was in the chat I'm going to plug his group, group called CalSec, uh, and that's in Calgary, actually. But, yeah, it's a uh, cybersecurity group that meets, uh, I'm going to say, on a fairly regular basis. I think it's monthly, if not bi-monthly. Uh, and they, you know, honestly, uh, it is like next level in terms of what uh, they put together. They talk about some really, really in-depth uh, techniques. So if you're into cybersecurity, I would highly recommend it. You may not always understand the topic at hand, but that doesn't matter because honestly, it's a great group of people, professionals, uh, as well as hobbyists that get together. And honestly, uh, you know, uh, sometimes it does get a little bit out of hand. They do like to, you know, they like their sauce, but uh, you know, honestly, uh, it's a great time. And if you ever get a chance to meet Kyle, he's, he's like the super chillest guy in the world. And, you know, he's he really is an uber hacker, although he'll probably never admit it. <laughs> but you he, know what? He's also, uh, he's also a powerful networker. Exactly. And Everybody knows Cal. And that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, you want to you want to meet someone, uh, you know, you want to get into the into the society or the groups here in Calgary. You get to know Kyle, buy him a drink. He's a super nice guy. He will introduce you to pretty much everybody. So um, you know, this Thursday, June yeah, 11th. There you go. There you go. He also points out that ISACs are a great place. And for those of you who don't know ISACs, um, these are information exchanges within industries, uh, clearing houses for threat intel, but they also organize a lot of other activities. Um, they're all about information sharing and therefore they present a lot of opportunities um, to get together. Um, uh, locally here, we have SPY. We have ISAC and ISC Squared, which are all fairly active in providing events and each fulfill different needs. But um, like others were saying, you'll notice I don't, I do a lot of speaking, but I don't speak at security conferences. I will go to something outside my comfort zone every time. Education conferences, I absolutely love for the diversity of people. Um, and I'd rather go talk to people that aren't like the people I talk to every day at work. Um, not only do I feel like I'm making a, um, a contribution, but I also feel like, oh, there's some other idea that I don't normally get to that's going to come to me. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And, you know, the other way is um, online. Uh, you can meet people online if that's your comfort zone. Discord and Discord servers are great. Um, uh, we have one. Do we, can yes. I? Yeah, we have there. 
we have our own Discord. Um, uh, there's uh, there's other security discords out there all over the place um, that are pretty good. Yeah. We get to our next question. Uh, so I see it. It's from Warren, actually. Ooh. Yep. There it is. Okay. <laughs> okay. There it is. There it is. <laughs> uh, do your panelists take notes about their connection of the people in their network? Um, um, yeah. So you know, we talked a little more about you know just very briefly about me being a sales engineer. And when I worked with salespeople in telecom, they would have these like in the old days, Rolodexes, but they would use all sorts of software to track. I know this person, he's got a wife and the three kids and the birthday of this. <laughs> I have never, ever done that. Um, possibly because my livelihood didn't depend on the schmoozing, but also because I think that if you're able to connect with people, it triggers. Like I remember once I met a client in Calgary. I couldn't tell you, like I don't even know his face now, but I bet you if I ran into them and they triggered a memory, I we just talked and they were looking at running a gig up and down a riser closet. This was back in the days when 100 meg was a very, very big deal. And then it must have been like six years later, he sent me a note on LinkedIn and he just referenced it because I don't know if you remember me, but you gave me an advice about an ethernet switch. And then it all came back in that moment, I was like, oh my God, hey, I got a quick question. Remember how you were talking about going skiing? Like, and I don't know if it's me and I don't know if it's an everybody thing, but I think if you're able to authentically connect with people, like I met somebody at an analog conference a little while ago. I know he's on my LinkedIn, but I remember what we talked about. And if one day he pings me, I'll know. I'll go, oh yeah, that guy. Like, and I'll be able to jump right in on it. Uh, so I personally do not take notes on people. Um, I usually, if I need to find somebody in a company, I'll just do the LinkedIn friends of mine or friends of my friends who work at Blah. Uh, but for the most part, this is so weird. Once a year, I go through my LinkedIn and I make sure that I remember everybody on it, unless it's a recruiter or something. Because recruiters... Recruiters are recruiters. Like you, you know, it's not a transaction, not a real relationship. They're trying to sell you. Uh, but I can go through and each of those coworkers and once a year and I just go, oh yeah. And maybe if I feel like moved to reach out to them, I go, hey, I was just thinking about you. But it just helps me remember and help yep. me stay in touch and, and give me a reason to really randomly reach out to people. So, okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I cannot agree more actually. I also don't really intentionally take notes. Because if you bring your authentic self into the conversation, you don't need to write notes to remember what people are thinking and what yes. people are talking. And yeah, but some people may need that too because they actually had a mission when they do the networking rather than uh, just authentic connecting. So I will be the one person here to admit to actually taking some notes um, because I have a really bad memory for people. I remember IP addresses of servers I've administered, but not people's <laughs> names. So um, when I put them into my contact list, I you know contact lists usually have a little notes field. I will usually put a note in there about um, whatever the the circumstance I met them under. Like why did we connect? Uh, and that might be because of where they worked, or it might be because of what they did, or some cool conversation we had. And I put that there, and then. Later on, much like Burhan, I periodically go through and go, oh, yeah, that guy was so cool. Um, 
Um, so we have a question from David. Um, so, and I think this is a perfect segue for what we just talked about. So when do you follow up with people and how often, uh, Burhan, I know you personally, you reach out to old friends and colleagues all the time. Yeah. I've never felt like that was systematic with you, but you're, you now say every once in a while you refresh your memory about who you know. How often do you follow up with people? You know what? I think a big part. So the first question is, why are you following up with them? Is it just to stay in touch? Is it to get a job? Are you thinking of transitioning? So the, the purpose of why you're reaching out changes. But um, look, once a year when it's really, I don't know, during Christmas break when there's nothing going on or whatever, or my LinkedIn is getting very spammy, I'll go through it. But I'll be really honest. Like um, sometimes I'm just walking the dogs or I'm playing on my VR headset and I'm just random thoughts flow through your head and you just think of somebody like a weird random trigger of like, Oh yeah, that security guy from when I worked at Nexon. Uh, and then I'll message them and go, Hey, I just want to say hi. I was just thinking of you. Uh, I think that connecting with people, I think if you're authentic and you're really asking them what's up, then that connection feels very natural that I have absolutely no schedule. Like I, there is no, whatever there there's nothing i just go ahead and i just reach out um uh, the worst thing that can happen to a human being at the end of the day is that you would be forgotten that's it nobody cared the bare naked ladies if you hide yourself wherever you are were you ever really there that line yeah and i really live by that and so if the worst thing you can do is to be forgotten let's not go off and do that to other people let's not forget them so reach out and go hey i was just thinking about those bon me subs we used to grab at lunch hour when I was getting a bond me sub in downtown Seattle, how are you doing? And that's it. That yeah. that's my approach is random and haphazard and really triggered by odd neural synapses. For over 20 years, I've secretly thought that you live your life according to lyrics from the bare naked lady. So I thank you for the confirmation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <You're> <laughs> oh man. That's too funny. TJ, uh, do you follow up with people on a regular basis? What triggers that? Uh, actually, uh, I don't do that kind of regular follow-up, even in Christmas. <laughs> but uh, uh, but I, whenever I saw something on the news and read uh, some newspaper, and uh, if I found something that would be interesting, like similar as like I should trigger my mind saying, "Okay, this is something I should tell somebody." Yes, uh, that that's a that's a moment I've absolutely reached out uh, to the people I haven't talked to maybe many years. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I think I'm more, a little bit more like, uh, sorry, uh, like TJ. Uh, but I think I aspire to be more like Burhan, to be yeah. honest with you. Uh, you know, that's a shame because nobody should aspire to be. <laughs> Whatever, dude, you, you used to work at Microsoft and Facebook. I think, you know, the greater IT community would love to have that on their resume. So, uh, you know, they, they, they should certainly, uh, they should certainly look to you for, uh, some of your, um, some of your advice as well. So, so uh, David offers some general thanks to our guests for all their advice, um, uh, and and we do too. Uh, Jared here um, has also said he started to do what Burhan does when somebody pops into his head, and you know, uh, um, let let me just um, tell a personal story. So, uh, many of my friends, many of you who are watching, uh, Burhan included. 
uh, for the last three years, I have not talked to any of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not, I'm, I'm not really an, an extroverted guy, but that wasn't normal. And literally I've tried to, to emulate uh, the way Burhan does it uh, more recently as I get back to being a, a normal human being. And it's a good idea to, when you think of someone to contact them, a, a good um, uh, a friend of mine, Olu, is always been good about just following up whenever he thinks of somebody. He phones me up and, you know, uh, a huge guilt for me is over the last three years, I probably returned one of his calls. Um, but here's a guy who genuinely just reaches out to people he knows. Um, he's got no agenda. He's just, it's it, it's a good thing to do. Um, uh, in the last few months, um, really when I started getting back to normal, real, what I did is I just went to LinkedIn and tried to remember all the people I hadn't talked to for years and just started sending them saying, hey, I've been thinking about you. And that was a really, um, it was a powerful thing for me personally to be reconnected with people. And, but it also ex- it kind of expanded my horizons, my opportunities to talk with people. It was great. Um, don't, don't, uh, don't sit in the corner when you got friends out there that you haven't talked to in a while. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And I'd like to see that, especially now where we're all locked in houses, you would be surprised at how much of an emotional impact you will have on people and to yourself by reaching out and just reconnecting with people. Yeah, that's how this live stream started was because uh, Moro, myself, and Warren um, just decided, everyone's like, well, no, I don't, you know, we really have to get together. And I was like, no, we're going to get together. And we started doing these, these just meetings and house party and that just turned into this live stream. And uh, yeah, it's powerful. You're all watching. Um, so it was, it was, there, do it. Like literally, whoever you're thinking of right now that you haven't talked to in a year, yep. hit them up, send them an email, call them, send them a LinkedIn thing. Yep. It, it's, it'll be good. Yeah. Like, you know what? Oh, go ahead, Mara. I was going to say, you know what? Uh, you know, just like uh, Bill Murray says in that movie Scrooge, uh, right at the end when he, you know comes to that realization, reach out. You know, you never know what you what you'll do. It's it's impactful. I know yeah. he says it. You know, during in the spirit of Christmas, but really, it doesn't matter if it's Christmas or not. People appreciate it. So, I've got I've got two things I want to add about reaching out to people, and the okay. first one is if you do something really cool and geeky at work, something that you're really proud of. Is there somebody from a former job without violating your NDAs and giving out classified information that you can go and go, hey, Tony the Tiger, guess what we did? Remember that thing we were trying to do? I actually did it. And to like, because there you have worked with people that share your passions. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to say is that we don't understand, this is leveraging off what you said, Mauro, we don't understand the impact that we have on other people's lives. Reaching out and saying, just a hello, I was thinking of you. I'll give you this example. As I was driving up my the street, there were two ladies in a wheelchair, old senior citizen ladies and one not, all holding a protest sign, just on the street corner, just standing there. And I drove by them. And then in the States, we can make U-turns anywhere. So I just drove over and <laughs> I just made a U-turn and whipped around and came back to them. And they thought I was going to give them trouble because my windows are tinted, my windows roll down. And I'm like, Hey guys, I just want to tell you 
I'm so proud of you. So then I went off and then I really pondered it, these three old senior citizen ladies. And then I posted on Facebook and said, here's my challenge for one hour, anytime, any place on Saturday, stand silently in front of your house or your street corner with a sign if you support this cause. Now, I wasn't able to get many people where I live because of the nature of where I live. But now I've got some friends in Nova Scotia that have got 400 people. Now, that has nothing to do with me, everything to do with them, and everything to do with those three ladies who just sat on a street corner. It's the butterfly effect. When you reach out to somebody, think about the social good that you will do just by reconnecting and letting somebody know, I was thinking of you. Like, it's tremendous, and I cannot tell you enough how important human connection is. Connect authentic authentically, connect with sincerity, and you know what? Maybe five years down the line, somebody's going to go, you know what? I used to work with a guy named Morrow, and he always told me, blah. Like, you know, your legacy will go on through what people learn from you and, and whatnot. And it's really important that we remember that we are bigger. Like we, the existential we, why am I talking like this? The existential we <laughs> is bigger than me, right? Yes. And that's where that humility and humbleness comes in recognize that you bring tons of value to this planet and to humanity, right? And you just don't know it because you never get to see the downstream impact of what you do. So. Can't agree more. Can't agree more. Okay. okay. So my, Michael, uh, I think we're, we're, we're getting close to wrapping this up, I think. Uh, but, you know, I think uh, I, I want to give I, TJ and Burhan like a, a chance to kind of, you know, in case they want to plug anything or, you know, final thoughts. So, uh, you know, I'll start with Burhan. Any any final thoughts? I mean, I know you just kind of mentioned some stuff, yeah. but... I think that was a mic drop moment. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I, at the end of the day, just be good to one another. Be authentic. Don't take yourself so seriously, seriously that if somebody hurts your feelings, that you're going to recoil, right? Because the truth is some people... There's so many personality types. Be confident and, and happy with who you are, right? And that takes a lifetime to get to. I don't even know if I'm there yet, right? Uh, but just, you know, love yourself. Be okay with trying to help other people and your community of, of contacts and your influence will grow. That's it. Make everybody happy to have known you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to throw this to TJ. Uh, any final thoughts or anything you want to say or plug? I'm just thinking, actually, when uh, you are inviting Brian and myself in these uh, live events, you were thinking, of, like, let's have a comparison between extrovert, extrovert and introvert uh, people. <laughs> but end of the day, I feel like he and I actually share so many similar uh, personal practices and personal uh, interests So uh, on the same topic. So in that case, I feel like it really doesn't really matter whether you're extrovert or introvert. It's really about That's what right. you care about and yeah. how authentic you are and how you want to help others. So that is the essence of networking. Exactly. And you know that, that that's a that's a very good comment and a very good uh, final thought. So um, as for me, a uh, couple of things I'm going to say. So if you'd like this video, please hit that like button. Uh, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this channel. If you find that, you know, this is valuable for you. And, uh, yeah, I think, um, I, I want to thank, uh, Burhan for coming on and TJ again, appreciate their time as always. And, uh, yeah, uh, 
I think Michael's going to say this, but uh, we are moving to a new time slot, I think, next starting next week. Yep. But I will leave that uh, for Michael to give you the details. So, All right. So uh, we know that over the summer, you don't want to spend your Friday nights here after all the uh, pubs, bars, and restaurants, cafes reopen. Uh, so we're going to move to Thursday nights um, instead. And uh, even more exciting, Moore and I are working on a schedule of all the topics we're going to tackle over the summer. And man, it's exciting. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to have every live stream pre-scheduled. You can look at the schedule. You can subscribe. Uh, you can look at the playlist and know exactly what we're doing. And we've got a whole new slew of guests as well as our old favorites coming back. Uh, one of the most exciting new things we're working on is something for new professionals and students. And I think we're going to have one of those before the end of the month. Um, and I want to plug one other thing. Uh, I've got a new, it's not a live stream, it's going to be pre-recorded, but uh, my buddy Nathan and I, uh, Nathan is the cybersecurity chef, actual was a chef in real life, and uh, what do you get when you put a cybersecurity chef together with a cybersecurity librarian? You get a cook, book, and recipes for threat hunting, and that will be starting next month, uh, two videos a month. Um, all right, uh, Burhan, TJ, hang around while the outro music plays. We'll have a little chat afterwards. To everyone else, thank you so much for joining. If you have additional comments or questions, put them down in the comment section below, and uh, we will follow up and yeah, make outro music go now.